0: Hello and welcome to the Majlis podcast, Ready for Free Liberties' current affairs talk show focusing on Central Asia. I'm Mohammed Tahir, host of the Majlis and Ready for Free Liberty's media manager here in Washington, D.C. From a neighboring country such as Syria in Iraq to countries in Africa, Eastern Europe, the Caucasus in Afghanistan, for the past number of years with ups and downs, Turkey has significantly stepped up its footprint beyond its borders. The turkic speaking countries of Central Asia have always been there in the good books of Ankara. But like in many other fronts, its place on the list of Turkish foreign policy priorities, I guess, keeps changing. We remember the early days of Central Asia's independence when we would often see Turkish presidents and prime ministers in expedition uh, with the planes full of entrepreneurs which resulted in Turkey taking the lead role in construction projects. Turkey-sponsored schools and universities became the elite educational institutions in the region and Turkish institutes became a destination for higher education for students from Central Asia and also a destination for some to work as labor migrants. But with significant ups and downs since, the Turkey seems to be again turning back to the region. And the recent summit of the presidents of turkic speaking nations in Istanbul is one of the strong signs. This event has created a certain level of excitement in this uh, relations. Now, what next? What should we expect beyond this point in Turkey's role in Central Asia? What does the history of these relations tell us about what comes next? So there's a lot to unpack in this development. To discuss all these, I'm joined by Dr. Eleonora Tafuro Ambrosetti, a research fellow, Russia's Kafka's and Central Asia Center at the Institute for International Politics Studies in Italy. Mirsaid Khabibulayev, chief editor of TRT Russia, a Russian unit of Turkish television TRT. Mirsaid is joining us from Istanbul but is originally from Uzbekistan. Luke coffee the director of Foreign Policy Center at the Heritage Foundation. He's joining us from Washington, D.C. and Bruce Spanier, the editor of Ready Liberty Central Asia blog, Kishlog Owazi, who's joining us from Prague, Czech Republic. Thank you, colleagues, for joining us in this very important conversation today. Um, I guess we have mainly two points to discuss in this conversation. Of course, the event in Istanbul with the participation of the presidents of all Turkic-speaking nations is very, very important, and various decisions have been taken there. Um, so let's start from there. What just happened, and where are we headed from here? Mirce, you followed this uh, event in in person, tell us about your observations, uh, what happened, and what's the significance of this event in the overall bilateral relations of the participating nations.
1: Uh, well, what we've seen is a tremendous development of relations between Turkey countries that comes from 2011, uh, the first meeting in, in Kazakhstan. And now we see they even rename the organization to institutionalize it more. Uh, and then we expect both cultural and economic growth, uh, especially after this summit. And now we're hearing the news about a Turkic states fund uh, that would be established and would be operative in several months, uh, upcoming months. So from both, uh, not only Turkish perspective, but from uh, as well as other participants' perspective, this is a tremendous development. And I think this will be beneficial for all parties. However, we have to mention here that some countries and I would even name especially Russia, might have their concerns, but the latest uh, Lavrov's comment on, on this event and uh, on the development of relations between Turkic states in general, as he stated, is okay, uh, hmm. and it's something is something really good, and it's something uh, that Russia should also do actively with the countries that more or less relative and close to Russia. From this perspective, I think that the whole process is, is going more on economic scale, and that's what we expect.
0: Yeah, I totally understand. Uh, you know, there's a history to it, right? I mean, uh, they have been trying to bring these nations together more closer on a number of fronts, but we are going to talk about that. I see some excitement in Mir voice. Eleonora, I have been reading your uh, writings. I feel you have a somewhat different interpretation of this event and what occurred during the summits. So any thoughts?
2: I uh, do agree that that was a historic event and I think it marked a shift also in uh, uh, Turkey's, let's say, foreign policy priorities because uh, as you were mentioning Central Asia, you know, Turkic countries in general were a priority for Turkey after the fall of the Soviet Union but then somehow Turkey's attention had to shift to other regions including the Balkans or the Middle East. And now. It seems that Turkey is sort of coming back to focusing on Central Asian and uh, countries and Azerbaijan in particular in the South Caucasus and uh, I believe uh, there were important decisions taken uh, first of all the change of name from Turkey Council now uh, the organization is called Organization of Turkic States that's right. a more formal I would say naming but it's not just the name it also tells a lot also about the intention of uh, Ankara to build on a common identity that uh, that can underline more, more cooperation and uh, yes uh, some important institutions were decided uh, to be created for example the the turkic investment fund that uh, was mentioned shortly before my speech so that that was the, this going to be the flan- first financial institution within the turkic world and it's going to be active in september 2022 This is uh, something that I think worries a bit, not only Russia, but China as well. Because there is a feeling, I think, in Beijing and in Moscow that Turkey is trying to boost its influence. And uh, uh, the way, let's say, Russia and China see it uh, is rather a zero-sum game. They see uh, that this new or uh, let's say this all the new uh, turkic uh, organization is going to step over some of the fields that they cover in in the central asian region russia is seen as the main security provider while china is seen as the main economic actor and now turkey is trying to let's say boost uh, its influence both in the economic and in the security field So this is somewhat worrying for Beijing and Moscow.
0: Right, right. Yeah, Moscow, uh, Beijing, perhaps I will add Iran might be a little bit worried about this. Yeah, then what uh, comes is like U.S., where U.S. stands in this whole discussion, we will talk about the original views on what is happening, what just happened in Istanbul a little bit later. But before that, yeah, so the excitement in Turkey, I I was watching various pan-Turkic commentators, you know, they are talking about lots of things, like, you know, to the extent, it seems to me like a dream now, to the extent that, you know, those nations should have a common currency, those nations should have like a one visa system, like Schengen, things like that. You know, it looks like just a dream to me, but there are certain kind of solid things that have been also agreed upon, like uh, earlier Mirsaid was talking about the cultural and economic growth is expected and the joint fund, you know, in partnership with these nations, uh, which is something. So uh, the excitement's clear in Turkey. Uh, Bruce, you look into these things from Central Asian perspective. What What is the discussion there about what just happened?
3: Uh, I think the Central Asians probably consider this a, an incredible, incredibly fortuitous convergence, coincidence of, of events. You know, they've been, Nora had mentioned that, you know, they've become way too dependent on China for financial help and and probably way too dependent on Russia for security help that's and so and especially you know in light of the the US and foreign forces withdrawing from Afghanistan it kind of left it looked like Central Asia was going to be stranded you know between these two giants so it it's welcome news that that Turkey a resurgent Turkey that's looking back towards Central Asia again is willing to come in and, and try to create and has created a more tighter union with with these countries at the meantime it gives them another balancing tool when when they look at their foreign policies in the future so you know it it, and not just a balancing foreign tool you know like i said they've kind of i wouldn't say western influence is gone you know meaning like the u.s and, and european union but it was never that big to begin with so really they've been contending with moscow and beijing for a long time so it's good to have someone like ankara on their side and not just that for that reason but because erdogan himself has already shown that he can, he's willing to confront Putin and willing to confront some of China's policies, too. With the Uyghurs, for instance, uh, he he's, hasn't taken the same policy as Pakistan, say. So it gives them a little bit more confidence looking forward to the future that they're going to be able to count on another strong friend should they run into problems in their relations with Russia or in their relations with China.
0: Hmm. Very interesting. Uh, A couple of points there. Let me also bring you in uh, a look uh, here. So we heard the view from Central Asia, I mean, where their interest might lie in getting back to this discussion again, uh, and also the excitement in Turkey. So how do you see this, uh, this summit uh, within the context of summit, this relationship? I mean, what is, uh, as uh, earlier I said, I mean, there is a history to it. So how similar is what we are talking now compared to what we discussed like uh, 10, 20 years ago?
4: Thanks, uh, Mohammed, for having me back on your fantastic uh, podcast. And it's great to uh, join again Bruce on this on this podcast as well. Well we, we do see some similarities between what was discussed in the past, but I think right now there is more energy, mainly driven by Ankara, but also behind the scenes, uh, officials from Baku are very enthusiastic. Also, uh, Kazakhstan is very enthusiastic about what is happening with the newly branded organization of Turkic states. However, I think a the, you know there is a cautionary note to be made. While there might be high level of uh, ambition and expectation, especially by the pan-Turkic commentators that you uh, mentioned earlier, The reality on the ground is much different. The five countries that form the the Organization of Turkic States has about a population of 160 million and an economic worth of about 1.1 trillion US dollars. But last year these uh, five countries only uh, traded about 8 billion dollars amongst each other. And of that $8 billion, almost half of that is just between two of the members, Turkey and Azerbaijan, and I suspect a huge chunk of that was in the oil and gas and energy right. sectors. So the the organization has a long way to go to realize its potential. And there is a lot of potential. I don't want to undersell that. But they're going to have to have a serious and frank conversation on harmonization of, of standards and regulatory practices in terms of intra-Turkic trade. Of course, this pertains to customs, but also to visas. Mm-hmm. And I suspect that there are some countries in the Organization of Turkic States that are less enthusiastic about deepening this relationship oh. at least doing so quickly and the obvious one in my opinion would be Uzbekistan who who tends to stay an arm's length away from some of these multilateral intergovernmental organizations but in the case of the Organization of Turkic States decided to join earlier this year I think there is a difference of opinion inside on how fast to proceed and in which manner to proceed
0: that's interesting you said you are from Uzbekistan. What's the feeling on the ground that you get from the leadership of Uzbekistan? Luke was just saying from the you know the speed in which Ankara wants things to move. Uzbekistan share the same vision.
1: I do agree with Luke on the point that there is a great potential, however, trade level still remains low. This is a fact, and uh, that's that's why I was uh, concentrating your attention on economic cooperation, because there's a lot of space that, that countries can move. On, on terms of pace, like uh, Ankara's speed and the will to do things faster, and Uzbekistan's will to... Um, well, uh, I... In, in terms of our observations, we haven't seen that Uzbekistan is uh, Uzbekistan uh, has elected its uh, new president in, in 2016 and it's still new. And um, from that time on, we see Uzbekistan participating in this kind of uh, organizations active. And that's why I wouldn't say they uh, somehow restrain, but I would agree Uzbekistan might be a little low because uh, they're new and, and, and they're uh, just getting traction. Mm. Uh, however, I, again, I, I agree with Luke that these countries need harmonization. Mm. Because in reality, there is still Soviet path in almost all Central Asian countries. But uh, what we do see is that their will to diversify, uh, to get rid uh, of that past, at least for, from economic perspective, and they and they want to diversify. So I think uh, it's uh, not only in, in, in Turkey's will, but in all of those countries. But in, in, in Turkey, probably traditionally things are done quicker. Uh, and. Yeah. Uh, central asian countries in general not only uzbekistan but i would even say other other countries like turkmenistan is Ooh, still
0: observing don't even talk about turkmenistan i don't i don't see there's a, any huge excitement there in, in turkmenistan from that's, the from this that's, perspective that's, that's what i'm they are saying still, i mean they are still not even member in those countries you know to sit and wait on where is the general vector going okay bruce you are raising your hand so yeah jump in yeah, I just wanted to
3: mention that, you know, in, in the case of Uzbekistan, this is going to be a real uh, an interesting balancing act because they're getting pressured by Russia to to join both the Eurasian economic Lie. union. Uh, and the collective security treaty organization at the same time so if they move fast on partnerships with the Turkic group then they're going to have to figure out how they're going to explain this to the kremlin at the same time Mm -hmm. when they've been putting them you know keeping them at arm's length that was a good term you know so it's it's understandable why uzbekistan is not rushing at this particular moment because they're going to have to figure out how to deal you know both with with ankara and, and moscow and, and try to keep both on their side without, you know, offending the other one.
0: Mm. No, I was thinking to come to the kind of original perspective on this a little bit later, but since we already started talking about this, one one element is, yes, China is a huge factor. Central Asia's relationship with China has changed a lot compared to uh, what it used to be 20, 25 years ago when Turkey was trying to engage the region. China has its own interest to Russia definitely always had an interest and will have interest going forward. Iran become a little bit actor over the past decades, for example. I mean, yeah, U.S. is far away, but it also has interest. I mean, uh, Luke, maybe you want to jump in here. Where y- you see United States in this kind of a discussion, in, this, in the past we know by experts talking about kind of United States kind of pushing Turkey to get into the region. Do you see the same things repeating again?
4: Well, unfortunately, I, I don't really see the U.S. anywhere in this debate. I'm not even sure if a uh, vast majority of policymakers in Washington even knew that the, the recent summit took place in <laughs> Istanbul. Uh, and that's just the, the sad state of a lot of U.S. foreign policymaking right now.
0: But um, what your logic I do, says... I, What your logic says, in case when when they wake up and see something like that happen, where they will stand? well, well,
4: Well, on balance, I think it would be in America's interest to have a robust and healthy organization of Turkic states. In the broader picture on the Eurasian landmass, it will serve as a very useful balancing actor against Russia and China. Now, when you speak to officials from uh, these countries, the OTS countries, they will not admit this. They will say, we're not here to balance anyone, but they may not be there to balance anyone. But the reality is they will be balancing other countries. That's just how geopolitics in the 21st century works. So I think a, a robust OTS would be very good for the United States. Primarily because, uh, at the end of the day, the U.S. and Turkey are still allies. Yes, in the recent years, uh, they've had a rocky bilateral relationship. But if you look at the bigger picture, the historical picture, U.S. and Turkey have had strong security and economic relations over the course of almost seven decades. Hungary... Uh, Another NATO ally is an observer. Azerbaijan and Kazakhstan, of course, are becoming increasingly important in terms of energy security for Europe, which is Mm. important to the United States. And with the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan, countries like Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan Mm, are becoming more important. Mm. But the problem lies in the fact that the U.S. has shown no... Initiative or no desire to get more involved with these countries. I mean, Ooh. the C5 plus one, for example, is yeah. nothing more really than a talking shop. We have this terrible tendency in the United States to go from having no relationship at all. ...with a country to then requesting a military base in that country in like a time span of a couple of months. Uh, We take a very selfish and inward looking at some of these important relationships. And I, I would love to see a U.S. policy that acknowledges the potential of the Organization of Turkic States and starts to build a relationship not only with that institution, just engage with this institution, but also with the countries that form this organization and create a foundation on which a deeper U.S. relationship with these countries can be built on into the future.
0: Mm, interesting. We mentioned Europe, uh, Eleonora. You are sitting in the, in the heart of Europe. Is there any opinion expressed about uh, what happened in Istanbul what my lies ahead in Turkey's engagement with Central Asia you know kind of a new level of engagement what they are looking at if they you know well, at least on the expert uh, community
2: yeah the um 2019 updated uh, Central Asia strategy by the EU focuses precisely on regional integration so formally the EU welcomes any attempts to to foster regional integration even if those attempts are actually made by other countries and uh, you know Turkey is still a member country and is still considered very pivotal country for the EU so um, at a formal level yes every attempt to foster regional integration is welcome but again we uh, mentioned this uh, this new strategy and uh, I believe that it's not really a, a useful tool for the EU to increase its influence it focuses as I said on regional integration on uh, resilience, but also on, on human rights and uh, democracy, yeah. which is not a very appealing uh, narrative for, for many of the of countries in, uh, in, in the area. So I believe if we talk about the, the past and the future, of the region, then we see Russia and China, at least in the short term. Those are the countries that matter the most. And since we were talking about Uzbekistan, Well, it's important to note that, yes, the uh, trade turnover with other turkish speaking countries increased. Over the last five years, there was a five-fold increase in uh, in trade turnover. But if we look at, uh, you know, the main trade partners, we see China first with 20% of total trade with uh, Russia following suit. I mean, it's like... Russia and China are still the, the main partners for the country. And again, if we look at the security level, then yes, Uzbekistan has signed a, a military agreement with Turkey in last year, but it's still Russia, uh, the main security provider. The CSTO, bilateral uh, exercises, even the S, uh, this Shanghai cooperation agreement plays a bigger role in the Central Asian region compared uh, to Turkey and compared to the, of course, to the EU and the U.S.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's very complicated. Like, uh, you know, Russia, as you say, Russia is there as a military partner of the region, and China is there as an economic partner where Turkey falls in this. I was uh, thinking we should also talk about, is there any teeth in this conversation? Like earlier, Said was talking about the cultural and economic growth was expected after this, and the joint funds that is being established or currently under consideration. I mean... Let's also talk about these stuff I mean where, where there is any substance to build on in this in in this conversation I mean also again the, the history the, there is a history as we discussed uh, to this uh, discussion and what does the past tell us about uh, the future let's continue the conversation talking about these and many other questions very shortly <music> First, let me recap the debate that today on the Majlis podcast. I'm joined by Dr. Eleonora taforu Ambarositi, a research uh, fellow, Russia, Kafka, and Central Asia Center at the Institute of International Political Studies in Italy. Mirsaid uh, Khabibullayev, chief editor of TRT uh, Russia, a Russian unit of the Turkish television TRT. Mirsaid is joining us from Istanbul. Lou Kofi, director of the Foreign Policy Center at the Heritage Foundation, who's joining us from Washington, D.C., and Bruce Panier, the editor of Ready for Liberty Central Asia blog. Kishlog Owazi, who is in Prague. I'm Mohamed Tahir, host of the Majlis podcast and Ready for Great Liberty Liberties Media Manager here in Washington, D.C. So it's been an inter- interesting conversation. Also interesting is that the, the Turkmen president, the president of neutral Turkmenistan, uh, also decided to join the summit this time, although in the observer stats, I'm not sure what the Turkmenistan's future looks like within the allies as Ashgabat shies away from committing to any alliances. So uh, coming back to the kind of a substance sense of the discussion on which the, the future relationship could be built on. Mirsa would you help us to understand the your earlier comment the, you said cultural and economic growth is expected, uh, and that was part of the, the project that they signed. And I was trying to, uh, in fact, access that document, but the website of the organization was either down or maybe something was wrong with my computer, so I could not really access to, to what those articles are on which they are planning to build the future of the relationship going forward. So the, the cultural and economic growth that you are talking about, and the, the, the joint fund, that they they are planning to establish tell us about on the technical terms what does that really mean those articles
1: well i want to tell you my memory from from tashkent yeah i was passing by uh, through a chinese embassy in tashkent and i have seen like 200 students waiting for to get visa to to go to study in china and i have seen only five students waiting in front of Turkish embassy and I've seen none uh, waiting in front of Gaza embassy or any other from these countries That's uh, that's very
0: understandable Mir I mean the need for closer collaboration, cooperation between these Turkish pig nations are that's there, the need is there but I'm just trying to understand the substance on which they are trying to build this relationship, I mean you said about the cultural economic growth, I mean where you, uh, you, you, you think you will see this happening
1: Uh, First and foremost, I think these countries speak quite the same language and they have common history. They have common religion and uh, Uzbekistan, for example, is eager to have lots of tourists and students and visitors to its historical sites. They really want to discuss uh, the history that happened in Samarkand and Bukhara, for example. Uh, This is where Uzbekistan sees its traction Kazakhstan as well Kazakhstan depicts itself as you know like uh, the uh, the actual root of of Turkic tribes and showing uh, the living style of ancient Turkic tribes Mm -hmm. and uh, so all of them all of them are are trying to 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 get traction and uh, the cooperation economic and cultural especially cultural cooperation I think we will be seeing it in uh, filming new uh, movies and uh, and that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff you know that 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 is going to happen probably they'll they'll have a closer cooperation but in terms of articles I've experienced the same problem as you uh, in, in their website. They have key documents, but lack of documents that were signed. Yeah, uh, in general, I see the, the common history transforming into new projects.
0: And you know, how, it, how it's going to look like on, on reality in terms of touchable, visible objects. Yes, there is a desire. They are also kind of creating the fund for these kind of projects. But as a person, as a visitor from outside to Central Asia or Turkey, where I will see this, this relationship flourishing, in which ways I will see it?
1: Well, for example, uh, the, the, the movie thing, the cooperation, uh, in media as well like we are closely cooperating with azerbaijani medias we're meeting with them we're thinking of common projects for example so i expect from Turkic organization of Turkic states additional meetings of of different sectors of economy uh, and then uh, funding all sorts of energy and infrastructure projects uh, and and again you know like it, it will be visible it will be touchable you will see a uh, lot of conferences happening in those historical sites and i even think sometime in the future they will have a university that will that will be established and uh, will probably be in one of the Central Asian countries, and and, and will be concentrating on Turkic states cooperation. Uh, that's what we can see. But you know, you name it, you know, you dream of it. Like the cooperation is there, the will is there, and when the funds are there, I think there are places they can they can cooperate.
0: Okay, I guess you were talking about the universities. I guess there are already universities with the sponsorship of Turkey, at least I know one or two active in Kyrgyzstan and also in Kazakhstan and also in Turkmenistan, I guess. I don't know what's the state's... Not about
1: Turkish... Turkish universities or Turkish funded universities. I'm talking uh, the organization of Turkic states is not about Turkey itself. It's about all of these countries. So probably what I mean by university is something that is decided by the members of Turkic states and and done together, Mm
0: -hmm. you know. Okay. So Eleonora, earlier you were talking about the establishment of the joint fund, which is something you said never happened before with the partnership of all these Central Asian countries. Do you have any details of... what this entails what funding are we talking about how this partnership is going to work and where this fund is going to focus on Uh,
2: no actually there were not many details disclosed uh, but the investments um, I guess will work more or less as a normal uh, investment bank so with uh, it would be like project based but I wanted to comment on what was uh, said before on uh, cultural cooperation, because I think this is going to be a very important field in which uh, Turkey is going to invest uh, quite a lot and uh, in which Turkey already has a lot of soft power. And yes, I think the Ahmet uh, Yesevi University in Kazakhstan could be sort of uh, labeled as a, as a Turkic university, but uh, of course there is not uh, one uh, university that uh, belongs or w- was funded by the, the, the whole set of countries in the organization. And uh, the media cooperation has received uh, quite uh, an important boost. There is uh, already an agreement uh, to uh, foster cooperation between national news agency and uh, national channels in the organization. Now there is going to be operated a new media coordination committee so uh, this is an area in which uh, cooperation is uh, going to be more and more active mm. i would say
0: mm. it, maybe i'm expecting too much too fast in this i mean it's, you know soft power or cultural cooperation the type of things that you are talking about uh, eleonora i mean what difference it is going to make in the day to day life of the people to bring them together i mean yes joint movies and you know conferences and all this stuff maybe or you know kind of cooperation between media organization yes yeah but you know, how fast it's going to change the bilateral relationship of these countries in terms of the touchable, visible way, like, you know, how it's going to impact the need for economic cooperation, political cooperation.
2: Um, So power is never, uh, you know, a quick way to achieve a foreign policy objective, but I think it's quite an effective way in the long, medium to long term, because it works on uh, images and it works on making uh, national narratives appealing for uh, other countries and in the end it does help to achieve some uh, foreign policy objectives in the case of uh, of turkey of course the main goal is to portray the country as a you know as a as a closer country as a brotherly country there is this uh, insistence on on this uh, family ties family relations, even the language used by Erdogan and Chavusholu, for instance, referred to the organization of Turkey State as one big family. And when Turkmenistan mm-hmm. uh, joined as, a, as an observer, they, mm-hmm. I mean, Cavusoglu openly said, oh yes, our family is now going to grow even further. So mm-hmm. I think this is uh, the thing, to make uh, Turkey more uh, loved, more cherished by, by the population, and so to make Turkey's foreign policy objectives more appealing also for other countries to follow. Mohammed,
4: mm-hmm. M- no. if if yeah. I could add quickly to sure. um that point Eleanor just made about the soft power and the cultural aspects. Yes, the, the cultural links and promoting the commonality of, you know, language and culture and shared history. That's the lubrication of what will help grow this organization, at least like the public face of it. This is what will make people excited, the average person, interested in it. But I I do believe, going beyond the economic side of things, we have already seen geopolitical implications. If you look at the summit um, declaration, there's a whole paragraph in there congratulating Azerbaijan for its victory over Armenia during the Second Karabakh War. Well, two members of the Organization of Turkic States Kazakhstan and Kyrgyzstan are also in the Collective Security Treaty Organization, mm. which Armenia is a member of. So it, it, would be, it would be like Russia attacking Estonia and then another NATO member congratulating Russia. For their military victory. Uh, and, and, and I do wonder, uh, it would be almost impossible to prove uh, because of the lack of transparency or access to publicly available information. But it would be very interesting to somehow find out what impact the organization, the then Turkic Council, might have had in terms of Kazakhstan and Kyrgyzstan maybe slowing down some sort of formal or public response from the CSTO last year mm. during the second Karabakh war. So I, I already think there are geopolitical implications for the emergence mm. and, and growth of these Turkic countries mm. coming together.
0: Mm. Wow, that's a, that's a very two interesting points there, Bruce. You know, that kind of brings me to the, to the part of conversation where I wanted to uh, talk about a little bit in terms of the timing of this development, in terms of timing in which they are, again, thinking about the, the brotherly relationship that they should have between each other. And also, Luke brought up the other uh, kind of Karabakh conflict there, especially the way in which the nations responded to it. I mean, when you think of this development, this discussion that we are having today, from the perspective of timing, what comes to your mind?
3: Well, you know, again, like I said, it couldn't be better for, for whatever such ambitions as Turkey has uh, getting closer to Central Asia because we did just have the pullout of foreign forces from Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. So it kind of left the Central Asians back where they were, well, not even where they were 25 years ago, because then they did pretty much just had Russia. Um, but, you know, it, it. I think it was probably a little bit, of an unpleasant feeling in a lot of the capitals in central asia to realize that, they, that the u.s was gone and probably wouldn't have such a footprint in central asia for a while to come and, and the european union while it's been engaged and probably more productively than a lot of u.s policies in recent years has never been a major player in central asia to this point so you're stuck with with uh, you know china and russia and i think this this you know the 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 discussion about the soft power, we really can't overestimate the strength that this is going to have in Central Asia because, you know, all the organizations that we've been talking about, now we got the OTS, but but we've been talking about the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, we also, also mentioned the CSTO, well, they all date back to about the same time, right? These are all organizations that were formed in the... Earlier mid 90s. Right. Um, and it took a while for those to catch on also so that, you know, the organization of Turkic states is lagged behind a little bit. But uh, I think five years down the road, for instance, if you look, I think that if the, you gave most people in Central Asia the choice of who would you rather have as a partner, uh, Russia, the colonizer, mm. China, the constant fear that's on your doorstep or Turkey with whom you have so much in common that you're probably going to get most people would probably say we would rather deal with Turkey than the others and certainly in the early 90s when I was out there that was the feeling people Mm -hmm. really wanted to be a lot closer to Turkey I think Turkey still has the same problem today that they had then is the Central Asians were hoping they were going to bankroll them yeah uh, and get things going and that that is not going to happen but I would like to add two things what what can happen very quickly Mm -hmm. in near term future is that you know we know that one thing the Trans Caspian pipeline has been blocked for a long time Mostly because of Iranian and, and Russian objections. Well, you know, this is where someone like Erdogan comes in very useful to mm. the to Turkmenistan. Mm. If he, he's he got TANAP built through his territory, uh, Azerbaijan has the pipelines that go to TANAP already. They have plans to expand it. They're going to need more sources of gas. Turkmenistan is the one that everyone's mm. looking at. Now, mm. if Iran and, and Russia raise objections, as they have, mm. about uh, from environmental grounds, Turkey at that point can say, well, we'll send our people in too. And, and if they're willing to stick up for Turkmenistan on this and really press, you know, both Tehran and Moscow on this, they might have some success in getting that through. Mm. Uh, now, the other thing to think about is what happened on the kyrgyz Tajik border yeah. in April this year. Right. You know, they looked Kyrgyzstan got whipped pretty bad. There's mm. just no other way to look mm. at it. The Tajiks uh, took, got the best of them in that conflict. It didn't look like there was anything that Kyrgyzstan could do about that, especially when Russia pretty clearly sided with Tajikistan on what had happened there you know but now all of a sudden you know the Turkish defense minister visits the region and to be fair he went to both Kyrgyzstan and Tajikistan but Kyrgyzstan's the one that got the drones mm-hmm. the same ones that were using in, in, in Azerbaijan uh, or in, in Nagorno-Karabakh okay. and the same ones that uh, you know Turkey has been using quite effectively in Syria and also in Libya you know so they all of a sudden got the drones and it, it changes at least it made the Kyrgyz government feel better about their chances if, if the conflict mm-hmm. were to erupt again it's too bad for regional cooperation because Tajikistan with a, a strong Turkic group, pan-Turkism or something like that. Tajikistan is clearly the loser in this. Mm. But, you know, in the meantime, Kyrgyzstan, having having uh, just been basically humiliated uh, in that conflict in, in April, at least feels a lot better about itself now because it's it's able to rearm. With very effective weapons have been proven to be very effective on the battlefield. So um, there's two things that Turkey can do. That, one that they have done. Another one that they can do in terms of gas, which would go to Europe, and I would imagine the U.S. would support this too. That would make a big difference in in close ties with Turkey.
0: Yeah, that kind of sums up the, the conversation that we had today. But uh, just the very last point. I know we have to end the conversation very very soon. Just the last point uh, where Bruce ended his thoughts. I mean, what kind of signs? We should be looking for where our eyes should be in terms of the indicators where things are headed in immediate future in this discussion. Let's start with uh, Eleonora. Briefly, please.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to focus on the arms industry because mm. uh, we have uh, discussed the Nagorno-Karabakh war and uh, the role that Turkey has, of course, the Bayraktar uh, drones. But if we look at the countries that import most uh, uh, weapons from, from Turkey, apart from Azerbaijan, we don't have any Turkic countries. We have uh, the US, we have Ukraine, we have South Korea. Yeah. So I think this is a field that we have to focus our attention on because there is a lot of uh, uh, room for improvement and for uh, growing cooperation. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Mirsaid, what is your thoughts in terms of where things are headed going forward from here? What are the indications you will be looking at to determine where we are headed in this conversation going forward?
1: Well I agree with Eleonora that military cooperation is a, is a huge space to develop but I do think that Is it, there any specific uh, any, is, is there, there any specific
0: we said, is there any specific things articles touchable things that you will be looking at in in the military cooperation that you are talking about
1: Well that's what I'm saying that's, mm-hmm. uh, this is going to happen out of OTS that's what I see because uh, none of the member states of OTS want to have inconvenient conversations with Russia. That's my belief. And I think all of the military cooperation will go bilateral uh, and will avoid OTS. And OTS in in immediate future, it will remain economic and cultural, even even in the midterm, that's my expectations. And uh, whatever will happen in in, in military, uh,
0: will happen bilateral. Okay. So, uh, Luke and then, then Bruce, the same question. Yeah,
1: I completely
4: agree with that. I think there's little appetite to make the organization of Turkic states into a security organization. I think it would actually push some of its uh, current members away and all of that stuff will be done on a bilateral basis, or maybe in some cases, a multilateral basis. For me, what I am going to be looking at in the coming years is, is this an organization that's going to focus on expanding membership and growing and adding more observers and and becoming more bureaucratic? Or is it an organization that's going to remain tightly knitted together, achieving real tangible benefits and economic activity boosting trade and and that sort of thing so Mm. you know organizations they have a tendency to keep growing and growing and growing without delivering many results so i'll be keeping an eye on either Mm. an expanding membership or a deepening of the integration of the existing
0: members Mm. okay bruce uh where you will be looking at to see if
3: Ankara makes any policy statements on um, Central Asia's relations with, with either Russia or China, but I'm thinking more specifically China. Now, we know that, that Kyrgyzstan, I hate to give a pick on them, I'm not really picking on them, but um, they're just a good example for this. They have a huge debt to China. I was always thinking that in the case of a lot several of the Central Asian states, that what they were doing when they took loans from China is they were banking on the fact that we could do the same thing that Russia's done, which is to forgive some of the debt. If, if Ankara was to say all of a sudden that you're, you know, that you're bankrupting these states but with these loans and why why can't you give them a break cut half the debt or something but but something in that area Mm -hmm. Where the where they're getting pressure from China or uh, Russia and Ankara actually says something it says look Why don't you you know lay off them a little Mm -hmm. bit? Mm -hmm. You you can see that Turkey would like to be the role in the role of the big brother of the region So will they actually stick up with them stick up for them? internationally uh, when they run into problems
0: with bigger powers yeah, that's an interesting point Okay, I think uh, unfortunately we have to conclude the conversation here uh, But surely our eyes will be on this uh, How things go uh, from here in this conversation Thank you very much, Bruce Panier The editor of Ready for the Liberty Central Asia blog Kishlok Owazi Also big thanks goes to Dr. Eleonora Tafuru Ambrositti A research fellow, Russia, Kafka and Central Asia Center at the Institute of International Politics Studies In Italy, Mirsaid Khabibullaev, chief editor of TRT russia russian unit of turkish television trt luke coffee the director of foreign policy center the heritage foundation thank you very much colleagues for your time today and this is from me muhammad tahir host of the majlis ready for Great liberties current affairs talk show focusing on central asia until next week bye bye